let's start reading. Uh, that's 1 Samuel chapter 30. I'm going to start reading in verse 1 out of the New King James Version Bible. It reads this way in verse 1. Uh, now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire. Not only did they attack it, they burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from the small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city and there it was burned with fire and their wives, their sons and their daughters have been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Did you ever cry so much you didn't have any more tears to cry? And David and his two wives, Ahiniam, the Jezreelites, uh, uh, however you want to say that, Abigail, the widow of Naboth, the Carmelite, and listen to this, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people were grieved. The, all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. I'm going to read that again. But David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you. Paul, that's you. Whatever's been taken. You're God. And there's always an answer in you. So we give you all the honor. And we give you all the praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want you to take your seats. As I get ready to, to deal more in this, this grief thing, I never saw it before. I never paid any attention that they were grieved. I knew they cried out, but I never paid any attention to the, to the word that they were grieved. I started to think back, and I've been pastoring for 26 years. I've been in ministry much longer than that. Um... This pandemic has been just, you know, horrific for, for some churches. And when I say horrific for some churches, to try to, to come back and, and resume operation has been a little bit more challenging than I thought it would be. Um, because I thought people were waiting to get back, but not everyone was waiting to get back. So many deaths had taken place over the last two, three years. Um, and it's impacted us. We did not do any COVID funerals. We had absolutely no members that died in this church where we've done COVID funerals. We had other people to die, but not from COVID. That's something to praise God about. So 
David has the same situation as everybody else. Ahinaam, she's gone. Abigail, she's gone. His children are gone. Their children are gone. He's grieving. They're grieving. He makes a decision that instead of continuing in my grief, I am going to consult the Lord. So he consults the Lord. So let's, let's give you a definition of grief. Because it's very important that you know what grief is. Because you could be experiencing grief and not know it. And I didn't come to get in your business. Your attitude tells us where you are. Okay, so listen to this. Grief is emotional suffering brought on by bereavement, mishap, or devastation or disaster. Any devastation or disaster that takes place in your life. Then the spirit of grief shows up. It presents itself to every person that's had any type of a loss in their lives. Any type of devastation. Any type of dilemmas. Here it is, grief presents itself. So many of us say, well, nothing really happened to us. I can say no one died of COVID that was a member of my church. But people died that were related to the people in this church. And because they died, we were impacted. If you didn't grieve, there's something wrong with you. If you continue to grieve, God needs to show up through the power of the Holy Spirit to help us. Because there's a certain time frame of grief. So grief is the cause of feelings, sorrow, of feeling sorrow and or distress. So grief is the cause of feeling sorrow or distress. So if you feel sorrow and you feel distress, it's grief. You may not have been able to diagnose it, but it's grief. I want my ushers to come in, securities out there, they can handle that. So I started to think back. Sasha, I started to think back. For every troubled leader that I've ever had, there was a death tied to it. I know my people. I know my people. And for every troubled leader that I've had, there was somewhere a death that took place. Some loss somewhere took place. You say, well, this is a big church. Well, I got a big heart. So I know my people. So I can trace back every person that I had a challenge with at some point in time. It was after a death or a loss. I realized as I was studying today, I realized that they were not bad people. I realize we do not have bad people in our churches. We have grieving people in our churches. And I want you, I want that to settle in. Much of the bad character of a born again believer is because of grief. And we, we have not been able to properly diagnose it because we're too caught up in what we want. So I, I took some time today 
I said, okay, God, for every person. So I had a challenge with a certain person. Well, her mother was murdered by her sister. I had a challenge with another person. And their family member, a father, had passed away. I had a spiritual son. He and his wife decided to do something different. But when I look back, I can remember Kobe killed her father. For every person. See, I'm a relational guy. So I know my people. You can't tell me about my people. I know my people. So for every person that started to conduct themselves outside of the normal character, I can trace back a loss for every one of them. I even talked to my wife about Pastor Searles has been challenged, but I can remember him losing his mother. I was at the funeral. I remember when his wife, Felicia, lost her sister. I was involved because I'm a relational guy. Anytime you lose something or someone you care about, it opens up a door for grief. What if we were raised by a grieving mother or a grieving father? Even if we have lost nothing, we will be taught how to operate as a grieving person. There's no way you can go through a divorce without grieving. No, no, no. You may have another, but you're grieving in that next relationship. I'll take it a step further. You can't go to another church if you're grieving about the church you just left. I just want to talk to you. I'm, I'm going in tonight. Because this is what I'm a, I'm a specialist at this. I know what I'm doing. Because I had to get beyond the grief of the loss of my father and my mother, two brothers, a sister. And grief wanted to have me, but that wouldn't have been fair to you. You can never say your thinking is clear as long as you're grieving. Just, just for a moment, it may not be your spouse. It may be grief. I'm sure they thought if they had been there, the Amalekites would not have taken their families and burned their cities. Everybody's mind wonders what they could have done differently. Everybody's mind is wondering what could I have done differently? See, I knew I'd be dealing with this. So what I've done is I, I uh, implored my personal intercessors yesterday. Yeah. I said, you are now my personal intercessors because I knew that I was going into the lion's den because nobody wants to deal with grief. Grief will ruin every relationship 
that God has ordained for your life. Anybody ever thought, no raise of hand, anybody ever thought, if I had done this differently, it would not have happened. If I had done this differently, it would not have happened. You know why you're thinking like that? Because you're, you're still grieving. How long has it been and you're still wishing you would have done something differently? Let's read on. People were no longer loyal to David because their hearts were turned towards their sons and daughters who were taken captive. So pastors, if you had once loyal people and then they lose something and you notice that their behavior towards you begin to change, it's because they were grieving. You don't go from loyal to just totally disrespectful unless you're grieving same person different mindset because grieving has taken over so I've had a lot of good people but I did not pay as much attention to what happened to them when they lost someone I told you I'm, I'm, a, I'm a people person before COVID, I'd, I'd hug hundreds of people after every service, both Wednesday and Sunday. But somewhere when grief gets in, loyalty to the right thing will go out of the window. What did the Bible say? They said that they were grieving so much. They were, they were considering stoning their leader. You say they weren't against him. Yes, they were. He had 600. And 600 people were grieving so bad. They had just had victory with him. They had come into the camp with him. They saw the camp burn and everything that pertained to them was gone. And then they said, let's stone him. You always blame the wrong person when you're grieving. You always blame the wrong person when you're grieving. Things are not clear when you're grieving. They can never be clear when you're grieving that way. So you have to find honest people, people with integrity that genuinely cares about you because you're not always thinking right. You don't have a tendency to remember the good things when you're grieving. My wife and I, we were talking, there was a situation that, that we had and, and I thought I'd done a good job, but then things turned. But I was aware that there was grief connected to it. So I understood not to be offended because grief was involved. Let me tell you what's going on with most of the men. They're grieving. 99% of the men are grieving. Got kind of quiet on that one. And you will not be able to get them to perform at the level that they are capable of performing at until you help them to process the grief. Let me help you. There's more in you. There's more in you. There is so much more in you 
Grief wants to hold on to you. Grief thinks it has ownership of you. I remember, I remember being there at the uh, graveyard at one of my son's mother's funeral. He didn't know I was coming. His head was down. And I walked up to him, touched him on the shoulder. I wasn't in a suit because I had rushed around just to get there for him. When he looked up, he forgot it was COVID. And he grabbed a hold of me and he hugged me. And I hugged him back. We both had on masks. But he's not past that yet. He's still grieving. Because that was a loss. That was a loss that he couldn't quickly get over. There's no way to get over something that quickly that was that devastating. It's, it's like a, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. It is, it's, it's catastrophic. There's no way you can prepare adequately for it. And it's the reason most churches won't deal with it. Because to be honest with you, you can't get rid of grief with counseling. It takes an anointing to get rid of grief. I work with a therapist that done their part. Then the anointing on my life does the other part. But if you don't have both, you're going to be crippled for the rest of your life. Now, now I understand. Now I understand what happened to my leadership. I understand what happened now. Because if you ask any of them, was there a loss? They will say yes. Well, but were they able to get past the grieving? Based on what I'm teaching tonight, they would say no. My mind and we were thinking, because we're relational people, we were thinking about when Mark and Lynn lost their niece. We remember being at the, at, at the funeral home at her funeral. I was the only black man there. But I wanted to be there because that was a grieving moment. And if they really think about it, there's some things that shifted in their lives after the niece died because the niece was like family because they brought her to church all the time with them. And they, they probably wonder, where did this shift take place? The shift took place the night of the car wreck that took her life. So you'll walk around out of balance because you're still grieving. And if you're not careful, if I put some pressure on you to get towards the vision, you'll want to stone me. Not because I'm wrong, but because you're grieving. Grief enters in through the soul 
which is comprised of your mind, will, and emotions. I feel a little bit more freedom now because we're dealing with the spirit of grief. And if you're 100 with me, you should be praying because we're right there in the middle of the enemy's camp. And I can't say you're on my side because we got to get some people through this thing if they're going to ever fulfill the purpose of God on their lives and stop playing with people and taking their money and getting your agenda done. Let's get them free because the anointing is not about you. It's about getting them free. I'm going to go back and I'm going to read. But if you're not releasing people from oppression, you're not anointed. So grief comes in through the soul. So you can be spiritual, but your mind is where the enemy lodges. He lodges in your mind. Your mind can recall the incident. Your mind can rehearse it like it's today and it was 20 years ago. Your mind makes it feel fresh and God says it's over. And you shout, but it's still in your mind. You see it too fresh for it to be too so distant because it's large in your soul. And then it affects your will, your desires, how you express emotions. You want to know you, why you're short-stemmed? You want to know why you blow up? Because you're grieving. There's a church you, and then there's a public you. Are y'all okay? Teresa, I realized, and I heard it when I first arrived at the big house. We have a therapist to come in. The therapist ministered to the leaders, also ministered to me. Said, don't take everything personal because they're grieving. I remember, I'm not angry. I just came back home. What are you misjudging because somebody's grieving? Who are you close to that you have great expectations from, but grief is smothering them? You can never be smart enough to overcome grief without anointing. Never. You're wasting your time. You're living in your little old world and you really don't trust anybody because when you're sensitive like that, it's hard to trust. Let me tell you what's held the region back. Grief. It's grief. You're a good person. You're just grieving. You're a great person. You're just grieving. You didn't mean that. You felt bad afterwards. 
But grief stimulated that. You don't hate your brothers and sisters. You're just grieving. If we would lodge a campaign for the bereavement, like I was talking about, I said there's too many people losing loved ones for us to not have a full-scale ministry to minister to people who are grieving. But instead, we're trying to turn them into wealthy people and it's not going to work. Give them entrepreneurship. It's not going to work. Grief will always rob you. That. And I know, I know you don't want to deal with it. I know you don't want to deal with it. I know you don't want to go back and revisit the pain. I know you don't. I know it's hurting right now. I know it's tough right now. I know you don't want to have to rehearse it again, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. I can't stay at the cemetery. I'm in a relationship with someone else. I don't need to be tied to the one I left. I can't be grieving over here in this church for what happened in that church. I can't be grieving about that pastor and I have a new pastor. So we have to, in order to do what we do, men, women of God, we have to have the anointing. Don't let them stretch you so far that you're intellectually correct and spiritually powerless. This, this, this message help me to think who do I need on my team because I'm not dealing with bad attitudes I'm dealing with good people who are grieving what kind of intercessors do I need what kind of musicians do I need what kind of singers do I need who do I need on my team because I gotta go in and I gotta make sure that I get these people past their grieving Moments. What are you telling me to leave it right now? No, I'm not telling you to leave it right now. I'm telling you to take your pain and turn it into power. That's what I'm asking you to do. Because David had pain. They had taken his two wives. They had taken his children. But he chose to turn it into power. Listen to this. Because of the anointing that David had received in 1 Samuel 16, verse 13, he was strengthened in the Lord. He was strengthened in the Lord. Let, let me help you. Let me, let me help you. Everybody don't want to deal with you because they're not connected to you. It's only when you connected that you care. I understand you don't care because you're not connected. If I'm connected, I care. And I'm going to do what I need to do because I'm connected. 
and I want to see the best for them and not just for me because I'm connected. I'm anointed not just to be successful. I'm anointed to relieve the grief over the people that I'm taking with me. So David, they want to stone him. He takes the same people who talked about him, who wanted to stone him. He takes the same 600 that were criticizing him. And he says, now that the anointing is on me, we're going to go and get what you lost. Now, I can understand you running. I can understand you moving to the other side of town. I can understand you relocating yourself to avoid what's happened. But David was anointed. And because he was anointed, what he says, you, 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 and you, you may have talked about me and had rocks to stone me, but I understand you were grieving about your loss because I feel the same losses. I feel the same pressure. I feel the same hurt. But what we're going to do is we're going to rally together because I have been in touch with God. And because I've been in touch with God, every place that you have a deficit, we're going to feel that deficit with the things that God has for us. And that's why I don't mind saying, yeah, you follow me. Yeah, follow me. Because I'm going to take you where the divorce tried to take from you, where the criticism and the death and the cancer and the sugar diabetes and the high blood pressure, low blood pressure and the murder and the suicide tried to take from you. I am going to help you because I am anointed to help you get it back. See, you let people challenge your anointing. I've been walking in this thing. I've suffered losses. I just need to find me about 600 people that said, in spite of what I lost, at first I was against you, but now that I see that the Spirit of God is on your life, I want to join with you. I like what you're talking about. Because of the anointing that David had received in 1 Samuel 16 and verse 13, he was strengthened in the Lord. 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 Because when you're in, when you're strengthened in the Lord, you can forget you can forgive your haters, and then bring them on your team and said, "Let's go in and let's take over." It just doesn't matter about the past conversations. We have some stuff that we need to go and get back that the enemy has taken from us. Jezreelitis is gone. The Carmelite is gone. The kids are gone. The wages were lost. You were furloughed. You lost some wages. 
And you're going to tell me after losing wages, you're going to bring me back at the same wage and I lost wages? You're going to tell me things got behind and now you're just going to give me what's going to help me in a week or a month? See, I made up my mind. I made up my mind. If, if you're willing to change your perspective, even while you're grieving, I'll take you on the ride of your life. I will take you on the ride of your life. If you can pause your grieving long enough to recognize who I am, God was going to take us. I'm using my Bible. You use whatever you want. I'm using my Bible. There was a David and there was a people. There wasn't just a people. There was a David and there was a people. You can always move a grieving people when you have a David leading. How many of you had decided you're not going to try anymore until you came to refresh? Yeah. You've never been to my funerals, have you? Because when I preach a funeral, by the time I'm done, they're not crying, they're praising. You want to know why? Because when I step up, grief has to take the exit doors. Even when they're watching their loved ones lay here in front of them, Grief has no right to stay when the anointing of Jesus Christ is present. Okay. With the anointing, David was surely going to overcome grief, emotional trauma, and have a complete recovery. You think you're never going to get it back. You think you're never going to recover from the losses and the suffering. You think that God is not going to show up with leadership that leads you to get what you lost. About 200 of you may get tired, but 400 of us, we're going to get it all back. his way of exhausting you and you don't even know why you're tired it's because you've been grieving for a long time we wonder why, why why men are still little boys what happened in that household that grieved you it's not today it's then and it prohibits you from being committed because you're still grieving. How can I extend myself from the place of my injury?
people watch me. They said, won't he settle down? What they're saying is, won't you go ahead and grieve? I am too anointed to stay in grieving. It happened. They left me. They betrayed me. They done me wrong. They were grieving. It's fine. I'm over it. Let's move on. You cannot continue to grieve over what grieving people done to you. They have been committed. That's why they left their children. They trusted him. They left their wives and their children in zigzag because they trusted David. But when grief came on, their trust went out of the window. Now you, you want to stone David who lost just as much as you did. Went through the pandemic with you. Mama gone, daddy gone, sisters gone, brothers gone. And you want to act like we don't understand. Grief will tell you that somebody who's going through the same thing that you went through don't understand what you're going through. But the devil is a liar. You never been where I am. You don't know where I've been because God covered me while I was in it. I like, I like David because he trusts God so much that he used untrustworthy people to go and get their stuff back. It's not that you qualified to walk with me. It's just that God desires that you walk with me. It's not that you made, you made enough positive to outweigh the negative. God just wants to do something with us and God's got recovery in on his mind and he brought your grieving self in here tonight because he wants to relieve you of your grief so that you can go and get your stuff because we need every back that we have to carry the wealth back to those who lost everything. That's why I told you, hold on, because I knew you were grieving. I still see you sitting in that window, waiting on your dad to come and pick you up. And he, I know my people. I still see you sitting there, but God says, I'm taking it off of you tonight. Daddy gonna come pick you up, and the way he's gonna pick you up, you never have to wait in a window with a little dress on with fringes around it. Why? Because the Lord is not going to let you stay in grieving because he's got too much plan for your life. Don't mess with the anointing on my life because I I am sent to raise up people who are grieving. That's what the anointing is for. I don't know how many of your fathers didn't come through, but I decree and declare that the power of grief will break off of your life tonight. You're not waiting on a biological father. You're waiting on your heavenly father and you should rejoice in it because he's here. may not have looked like warriors while you were grieving but you are a warrior 
with tears running down your face, looking back at your past, thinking that man doesn't know what he's talking about. You're still a warrior in spite of what happened. And God says he's removing the grief from your life because of the anointing. Somebody shout. They thought you never would come forth. They thought you would never commit again. They thought you would never make it through. I came to tell you that demon spirit of religion is a lie and they're jealous of you and they're jealous of me and they're jealous of this church. With grief on you, you work as a slave. When grief is off of you, you work as sons and daughters of God. Your past is gone. Your future is now. Some people are afraid that you will get free because you're going to think like a free person. They want you to not have any direction because they want to think for you. Say hell no. I'm a free man. I'm going to think for myself. I'm going to get vision for my own future. I'm going to commit myself to the things of God. And nothing's going to derail me. And nothing's going to stop me now. Because my grieving days have come to a close. Now I'm going to tell everybody that grief is subject to the anointing. It's been hanging around us hanging around us and they wonder why we're not productive because we're still grieving from slavery days but it's broken tonight it's broken tonight it's broken i'm coming in with a vengeance it's broken tonight you're gonna be productive i don't care if you're white black i don't care what color you are it's broken tonight it's no longer gonna hold you and limit your thinking capacity Somebody shout, I am a warrior. They don't know it, Jonathan, but it was you. When I walked under that tent and you were laying the mother you loved to rest and you just needed a hug from a father. You just needed a father to be present. Everybody else was there, but I need a father to just love me while I'm grieving. The Lord said, I am sending the anointing of a father to love on those who are grieving. All these things happening around us. And if all we know is people who don't care, we're always going to be there at that tomb. We're always going to be at that event. 
We're always going to hurt like the event just happened yesterday. But if you make up your mind in this atmosphere of the anointing that you have done your last days of grieving over in, in incident and incidents that don't even exist anymore. If you make up your mind, I believe that you will experience so much freedom tonight that all hell is going to be quaking because you're being free. I know we're headed towards resurrection, but why not start early and start getting up tonight? Just start getting up tonight. Just start being free tonight. I don't think you really know who your real enemies are when you're grieving, but when you get free from grief, you know who your real enemies are and you know who's really working for you. So if there is something in this atmosphere that brings clarity, I need you to start shouting in this atmosphere. I need you to start praising in this atmosphere. I'm going in, Pastor Gary. I'm going in, Apostle Smith. I'm going in, Pastor Sales, because that devil's time is up. That grieving time is up. The power of grief is breaking right now under the power of the anointing of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout, I am anointed. You're not going to continue to deal with daddy issues. You're not going to continue to deal with issues of loss. You're not going to continue to deal with a church hurt. Church hurt is over. We're not grieving over church hurt any longer. told me today anything that gets in your way for relieving my people of grief I'll take care of it he said anything that gets in your way of relieving my people from grief I'm going to take care of it because it is my job to come into the church that I am the senior pastor over to make sure that my people are free God didn't anoint me to be a celebrity God anointed me to set his captive free. Isaiah 61 verse 1. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive and the opening of the prisons to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, to all of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And if that's you, that's the person I came for. You're the one I'm anointed for. You're the one I'm called to. You're the one I'm sent to. You're the one that God raised me up for. You're the one that God apprehended my life for. I dare you to grab a hold of your freedom.
We're free at last! Your dad, my brother, saw glory just hours before his departure from this earth. You tried to serve him at the very last moments of his life. God said, well done, my son. Therefore, grief cannot cleave to your soul. I release you to prosper. I release you to fulfill purpose. I release you in the anointing. I release you to move in the dream of your father. I release you to be a great husband. I release you to be a great father. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, we shout about the victory. best you could do as a father you've done the best you tried to get her to the church you've done everything that you could do the Lord says release it 
Release it. Release it. Sorrow. Grief is leaving you tonight concerning your daughter. It's leaving you. I see like weights coming off of your shoulders. Tonight, you've been wondering what could I have done? You've done everything that you could have done. You were there every time God wanted you to be there. The Lord says you're free tonight. Now serve God with all your heart. You're free. You're free man of God. You're free man of God. See, we don't, we don't give our people a chance to get past grief before we try to give them an assignment. And the reason the assignment doesn't take is because they're still grieving. They can never do the magnitude of that assignment with the spirit of grief resting on their shoulders. You all are gonna do some things after tonight that you never thought you could do because God's gonna trust you with more. Ms. Jackson, God is going to trust you with more. You have not, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for you. When I saw you here tonight, I knew. I said, God, you're up to something major, not just for us, but for you. You are what you serve. You are what you serve. I serve greatness so I become great. You are what you serve. My time's up. Nothing's wrong with being real. Because the day you become real is the day that God liberates your life. I'm real with me. I know the real Stephen Davis. I know the things that hurt me. I know the things that, that make me feel uncomfortable, but I know a God that keeps me at all times and he's never stopped keeping me and he will not stop keeping me. Antoine, leave it alone. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Stop asking God, what did I do wrong? We've all done some things wrong but we serve a forgiving God. Let it go. Don't bring up the conversation again in prayer. Every time you think about it, praise him and not complain to him. I want some of the ministers to hang around front. These people are here and they're getting what they've been needing for a long time. And I want to apologize for being so busy with ministry that you didn't get ministry. One thing I know is that all of you love me, but when grief is hanging around, 
it can distort some things. But when we remove grief, I feel your love and you feel my love because grief is no longer in between us. I feel that there's going to be a greater coming together. I sense it. I sense it with every location. I sense it with the Georgia location as well as these locations that are represented. I feel and sense a greater coming together. People are going to flock into the household of faith. Refresh Family Church. Why? Because grief has been removed. And wherever grief is removed, harvest is obtained. It's harvest time. Community Bishop, it's okay. You have obtained favor from the Lord. You hear me? He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Favors at your right hand right now. Favor is at your right hand. Don't rehearse the past. Let favor take you to the dimensions that God has called you to. Let favor take you. Let favor embrace you. Let favor pray over you. Let favor speak kind words over you because God has given you favor. If you're ever in the Birmingham area, we'd love to see you. Stop by because everyone is welcome at Refresh Family Church. It's full of friendly people, a warm atmosphere, and a powerful word. Our service times are Sundays at 9 a.m. or our empowerment service on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We're located at 117 12th Court Northwest in Birmingham, Alabama. We'll see you soon at Refresh. Want to find out more about Apostle Stephen A. Davis? Well, log on because StephenADavis.org is now live. That's right. Log on to StephenADavis.org now and you can find out all about him. Watch live broadcasts and get all the information you need at StephenADavis.org. Available on all platforms. Log on today. Refresh Family Church. As we worship together, remember our five goals. Serving the needs of families. Reaching the lost. Equipping the saints. Reaching the nations. And transferring to generations. At Refresh Family Church, we're more than just a church. We're a nation. To find out more, log on to StephenADavis.org. We'll see you next time.